great I am, great I am, great I am. But Jesus, we bow before you, the great I am. We welcome you here now. Even as you have been present, as we have worshipped you, Lord. As we have lifted up our voices and our hearts and our hands before you. We invite you to stoop down now and meet with us. And gather us close to you, to your heart today. Speak, Lord. We long to hear from you. From you alone, you who are the living word, the eternal word, come. Speak your living word to us this day. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As we've been going through Saturate and reading through the scriptures together, one of the things that really captivated my heart as we were reading, this was several months ago now, but in the Gospel of John, was all of the I Am passages reminding us that Jesus is the great I Am. And I would invite you to return there and reflect again and afresh on the great I Am. I invite you to continue to join us as we continue. And even this morning, Dan Hackenmuller came and shared with me how uh, he just confirmed that word that I had about the Lord is our refuge and strength just out of Jacob wrestling with God in Genesis, uh, the account there. And we're reading through Genesis. We're in the Old Testament now, and we'll be meeting tonight at 6 o'clock to continue our study. And tonight, specifically looking at Genesis. And this week, you're encouraged to read through the book of Exodus. Just want to pause for a moment, and uh, particularly, I know we've already welcomed guests, but we're, we as a family are very privileged to have um, our guest son, Esteban's mom, is here for the week. Uh, Jeanette is up from Ecuador, arrived last night, and uh, would you join me and our family in welcoming Jeanette here today? We're so happy that she's here. Yeah. So any of you who are Spanish speakers in the congregation, you have an official assignment today to come and greet because uh, Jeanette does not speak English much, so we're doing lots of language together with hands and smiles, which is good. Um, I also want to thank you all for your prayers uh, for our family and for me this past week. Uh, last week, during the week, I was a week ago, not, not, not this past week, but the week before that, I was in Chicago for our annual international convention for the Fellowship of Churches, which we are a part of, the Fellowship of Christian Assemblies in Chicago. And had a great time down there and um, got to stay with Ellie, my daughter, second daughter Ellie, and her husband Nate. We got to stay at their house. It's so fun when you get to go and stay at your kids' house. You know, I mean, they stayed with us for a really long time, and now we get to repay the favor they're cooking for us. It's a great thing. I like it. So we had a wonderful time down there um, with uh, Ellie and Nate. And um, then also, I appreciate your prayers for us on uh, Sunday uh, as I was up in Rockford at our sister church there. Uh, some of you have met Dave, Pastor Dave Spooner down through the years. Um, he is the uh, pastor of Mosaic Church, a new church plant in Rockford and uh, met with their leadership team throughout Sunday afternoon and then their regular services on Sunday evenings. And uh, we had a wonderful time uh, there with their leadership and with the, uh, with the congregation on Sunday night. Just very powerful. And it was so interesting. I was at Pastor Dave's home, 
uh, for the meeting with the leaders, and then we were driving to the church, and as we got closer to the church, I went, this looks incredibly familiar. I recognize these landmarks. Well, it turns out that the church is located about six blocks away from my grandma's house. Um, my grandma is now deceased, but she lived in the house. She lived in the house that she was born in. She lived there for 93 years consecutively without moving houses. That's a long time <laughs> in one house, and it's about six blocks from. And so my dad grew up there. My mom and dad. My mom had uh, went to Swedish American uh, Hospital nurses training there. Got her degree. Her and my dad met there. Got married there in Rockford. So I have lots of Rockford connections, and what an incredible thing just to be so close to my grandma's house. So we drove by, got out, walked around, flooded with emotions and memories. I spent a lot of time at my grandma's house, actually. Um, I was the trailer kid, and so when my parents wanted to go off on a vacation without the trailer, they would leave me, they would park the trailer at grandma's. And uh, I, uh, so I spent a lot of time at uh, grandma, grandma's house, and uh, so... Um, that was remarkable. Um, and also, just want to thank you for your prayers uh, on behalf of our family and for me on Monday. Um, many of you have heard uh, and know, but for those of you that didn't, um, on Monday, um, I officiated the funeral the burial for my um, 23-year-old nephew um, who uh, died um, and had gotten the word on that uh, the week during the convention. And um, actually, the song that we just sang is the song that sustained me through, um, through that Monday. Um, and just remembering that the Lord is the great I am. And remembering that he is our refuge, a very present help in times of distress and in times of trouble. And um, my, uh, just so... Uh, you know what happened. It's not any secret. It was very public. Um, my nephew died of a heroin overdose. Um, he uh, had been addicted for a number of years. He'd been uh, struggled with, with drug abuse for, for a long while. Um, he actually had um, finally stepped into a program of recovery and um, was sober for 65 days. Um, during that time, he really uh, began to get some traction for uh, moving forward. Um, and after the service, one of his sponsors came to me and um, just said, uh, and, and talked to his dad and to me, and just said, I want you to know that I prayed with your nephew two weeks ago to receive Christ. And um, so we take great comfort and hope. Uh, in that um, he had uh, received Christ, and um, we don't know what happened uh, at the that that caused him to uh, reuse again uh, when he did. Um, but apparently, his body, because of his season of sobriety, was simply unable to um, take the uh, dosage of, of uh, drugs that he used, and. Um, he died, and his brother, his 19-year-old brother, found him, and uh, it's just heartbreaking. Just heartbreaking. And um, so, I um, 
I got to stand before. A standing room only crowd. 80%, I'm sure, of those who are, have been or are presently in recovery. Just one really cool coincidence. The night before, Monday was when I did the funeral. Sunday night, I was, um, when I was in Rockford and at the church, I met some folks beforehand who were coming from a recovery program. And so as part of the message, I was talking about how we need each other. And I said, you know what? I need you right now. I need you to pray for me because tomorrow I'm going to be sharing at this funeral and here's what I'm going to be sharing. And I need you to stand with me. And I said, if you're willing, I'm not, gonna, I'm not trying to out anybody who was in recovery or whatever, but if you just want to come, if you'd be willing to come and pray for me. And immediately, 15 came and just stood around me and prayed. And I believe that they have an authority and that there was an authority in their prayers. And I believe that there was a covering. I have been all over the world. Not all over, but in lots of different places. And I have um, been privileged to experience the presence of God and the power of God in a lot of different places. I'm telling you, the presence and power of the Lord in that funeral was as strong as I've ever experienced anywhere in my life. And there was such an openness. And as I looked at all of these, and, you know, 80% in recovery and probably 75% of those 30 and under, 25 and under, so precious. They're so valuable. And they're so broken. And they're so wounded. And they're so vulnerable. And the heart aches. The heart of the Father aches. Aches for these lost ones. who are simply out of place. That's what it means to be lost. It means to be out of place. They don't know who they are. They've lost their way. So Jesus, together right now we pray that you would come you who I, you said, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Would you shepherd? Shepherd the flock, Lord. Shepherd those, God. Those who are lost, those. Those who are in bondage, those. Who are in distress, those. Who are despairing. God, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Right even in this room today, if there are any distressed and broken and distraught and wounded and lost and hurt, come. 
Come, Lord Jesus, and shepherd, hold, draw them close. Come, Lord, come. Help them to find home. 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 Come home. Come home. I'm going to share with you what I shared with them on Monday. So I believe it is a word from the Lord. He woke me up in the middle of the night. I've shared one little piece of this before, but I'm going to share it in full now with you. About a year ago, I was on a prayer retreat. I was sick, body and soul. I was struggling with circumstances in my extended family and another part of my family, on my side of the family, struggling with similar problems and issues. I was in no frame of mind to be in this prayer retreat. Finally, I prayed. My prayer was simply this, Lord, I cannot fix my body, I cannot fix my soul, I cannot fix my circumstances in my family, uh, my extended family, I cannot fix anything. Lord, I can't fix anything. And as clearly as I know how to hear God, I heard Him say to me, There is one thing that you can fix. You can fix your eyes on me. You can fix your eyes on me. The top of your bulletin, it's Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the Apostle and High Priest, whom we confess. And here's what the Lord has revealed to me and showed me. And again, here's what I shared with our beloved friends on Monday. Every single one of us who travel through this life as we already heard earlier from Mo. There will be afflictions, there will be pain, there will be struggles, there will be problems, there will be hardships. All of those things are common to our lives. And all of us are looking to fix those things which are wrong in us and around us. All of us want some kind of a relief from our pain. And so, that is why for those who struggle with addictions, they call it getting a fix. I need to get a fix. And why is it called that? Because I'm in need of some relief I need a fix. I need something to take away this pain for a moment. 
I'm looking for relief. Now that fix can come in many different forms and look very differently in all of our lives. It isn't only the obvious things of drug and alcohol, drugs and alcohol that can be that fix. For some people, shopping becomes that fix. For some people, entertainment becomes that fix. For some people, sex becomes that fix. For some people, power becomes that fix. For some people, food becomes that fix. For some people, their job can become that fix. Sometimes even good things like ministry can become the fix. Some way, we're looking for relief from the pain and the struggle and the hardship and the affliction in our lives. And so we look for temporary relief. Just get a fix. But the word of the Lord to us this morning, in this year of return, is that He wants to give us much more than simply relief. It is Jesus' heartfelt desire and purpose to give to you and to me Full restoration. He wants to reclaim. He wants to truly recover. He truly wants to restore your and my life. More than just a temporary relief, He is looking for a permanent fix to our lives. This is His heart's desire. A permanent fix. How do we receive that permanent fix? Turn to Hebrews chapter 12. The first step is to fix your eyes on Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Faith begins with Him, and it is perfected by Him. We are saved by grace. We live our lives out by grace. It is His grace at work within us. It is His strength within us. It is His work within us which we respond to by faith. He is the author of our faith. He is the perfecter of our faith. He is the beginning and the end and everything in between. 
And so whenever we find ourselves in affliction, whenever we find ourselves in trouble, the invitation of the Lord is always, always, always to fix our eyes on Him. To shift our focus and attention to Him. He longs to change our perspective. It doesn't always change our circumstances. Listen to me carefully. It doesn't change our circumstance. But it changes the way we're looking at our circumstances. Suddenly that's not all we see. But we begin to see Him. As I was studying this more deeply this week, it was interesting what I discovered, and I want to mention it right here. When it says here, when the writer of Hebrews says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, embedded in, that, in, in, the, in the very phrase there, embedded in the words, as part of the words that are there, it actually means to fix our eyes trustingly. On Jesus. Trustingly. See, there's the heart of the issue. Trust. Do I trust Him? That's the key issue. Do I trust Him? Do I trust Him? And the question we must ask ourselves is, am I willing to fully surrender to Jesus? Because if I'm, the only way that I'm willing to surrender to Him is if I truly trust Him. If I don't trust Him, I'm not going to surrender. Right? I'm not going to fall into His arms. If I was standing here today and there was some of you standing in front of me, and I decided to jump, I would have to trust that you would catch me. If I didn't trust that you were going to catch me, I wouldn't jump. And there's a corollary question here that's with this is, am I inviting others? Am I inviting others as well to fully surrender to Jesus? Am I inviting others to do the same? Because I am surrendering, are others surrendering? Do I invite others to surrender to Him? Or do I cause them to be dependent upon me? Or upon my solution? I think this is maybe a particular issue for men. We always want to fix everything, right? Any problem, we want to fix it. But here's what I'm encouraging, and here's what the Lord has been encouraging me into. Am I inviting others to fully surrender to Him 
even as I am being called to fully surrender. Secondly, there's a second place that in the Scriptures where we're told to fix our eyes. We're to fix our eyes on the path. Proverbs chapter 4, beginning in verse 20, running through 27. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to a whole man's body. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Fix your eyes. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. There is a path that has been laid out for us in our lives. It is the path of obedience to Christ. It is the path to walking with Him. It's the path of being a disciple, a follower of Christ. And the invitation that we are given today to you and to me is to fix our eyes on that path. Fix our eyes straight ahead. Gazing directly at Him. Do you know where this Scripture in Proverbs shows up again in the Scriptures? Extra sermon points available. Anybody know? Where the end here, make level paths for your feet, take only ways that are firm. Proverbs 4.26 is quoted somewhere else in the Bible. Anybody got any idea where that might be? Ah, no. Well, I get the extra sermon points. Okay. Nope. Hebrews chapter 12, where we just were. Hebrews 12, verse 11 and 12. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. So here's the word for us this morning. As we fix our eyes on the path, it is a discipline to keep yourself fixed with your eyes on the path, to not get distracted by or distorted by all of the other things that would vie for your attention and call you away from that place and that path that His purposes have laid out for your life. It is a discipline, but part of being a disciple is to walk in that discipline with Him, to walk straight ahead upon the path that has been laid out before us. If you want to have true restoration in your life, and not just temporary relief, all of these other things will invite you and call you and, and, and will... Um, will will vie for your attention. But all of those will only provide you with temporary, very short relief. But as you walk in the discipline of the Lord and as a disciple of His, fixing your eyes straight ahead on the path, you will experience true restoration in the reclamation of your life. 
found something interesting as I was studying this out. When it says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Do you know what that word really means? It means to regard or esteem. What are you regarding and esteeming? Whatever it is that you esteem, whatever it is that you regard, that is what is going to take your primary attention. Fix your eyes straight ahead. Keep your regard, keep your eye on the prize, Jesus Christ. Fix your eyes straight ahead. All right. Third thing. Then we're done. One more fix that shows up in the scriptures. If we're going to experience true restoration, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. We need to fix our eyes on the path. The question, or the key issue here, thank you. <laughs> the key issue here is submission. Am I giving continual and careful thought to my walk with Jesus? Am I, and am I urging others to do the same? The first issue is trust. The second issue is submission. Am I willing to stay under the discipline of the Lord and submitted to Him in obedience? Am I giving continual and careful thought? Am I, am I, am I considering my walk with Jesus and am I urging others to do the same? It's a question, people, that we need to be asking ourselves if we're going to experience genuine restoration. We will have to give continuous and careful thought to our walk with Him. Because the issue is submission. Am I, and, and am I inviting others into that same place? Am I opening the door for them? Am I walking that path? And am I opening the path door for others to walk into that? Through my life. Fix your eyes on Jesus. The issue is trust. The response is surrender. Fix your eyes on the path. The issue is submission. And the invitation is to careful and continual thought on your walk with Christ. Your walk with Jesus. The third, come with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Fix your eyes on eternity. Therefore, we do not lose heart. This is 2 Corinthians 4, beginning in verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles. This was mentioned this morning in prayer by Mary Lynn. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So, so what? So what? So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. Because... When we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now it is God who made us for this very purpose and has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing, guaranteeing what is to come.
The word here, fix, is the word that we use for scope, which we have telescope and microscope. It has to do with where our focus and attention is and specifically what it is that we are expecting to see. The key issue here is that of expectation. Expectation. What am I looking to? What am I looking at? Is this all that there is? Or is there more? Does the journey end here? Or does it end somewhere else? On that Monday, as I was there in that funeral, Was that the end? Was there nothing more? For a 23-year-old life, is there nothing more? Is that the end? No. It's not the end. It's not the end. So my question to us is this. Am I focusing on what is truly real and aiming? Is my scope aiming for eternity with Jesus? If all we aim for is earth, there will be no hope of heaven. But as we aim for eternity and heaven and relationship and transformation and life eternal with Jesus, earth gets thrown in. This is eternal life, Jesus said, to know me and to know the one who sent me. We step into eternal life. The moment we step into relationship with Jesus, we have already stepped into eternity with him. Part of it's going to be still here. Part of it's going to be transformed into something else with Him forever. Am I focusing on what is truly and am I encouraging others to do the same? This is not all there is. There's more. This is the message the Lord gave me to share last Monday at my nephew's funeral. And the word of the Lord ran very swiftly into a multitude of hearts. But I felt this morning compelled to share it with you as well because I think that we too I shared on Easter that we needed to look to have our you know we needed to look again and we needed to look around and we needed to look up we needed to have our eyes healed well we still need to have our eyes healed we need to see more clearly and more fully we need to fix our eyes on Jesus we need to fix our eyes on the path 
And we need to fix our eyes on where that path leads into an eternity back with Jesus because He is the author and the perfecter. He begins, He ends. It's all about Him from beginning to end. And it all circles around back to Him and around Him and in Him and for Him. And that is why we are living our lives and for whom we are living our lives for. And the only one who can truly restore us is Jesus. No one else. Everything else that is offered out there is temporary relief. But Jesus is the restorer of our souls. And so in this year of return, the invitation has come home. To him, worship team, come up please. To come home to Jesus. I know it's Mother's Day. I know you have places to go. Moms to love on. We're just going to sing this one song. Worship team will play on after that a bit, but we're just going to sing one song corporately as a response. And it's an invitational song. It's entitled, Come See. Come see with spirit eyes. Come home. His arms are open. If we could stand to our feet right now. And I'm going to invite you this morning the Lord has touched you in some place here this morning and you're recognizing that maybe you've been chasing after temporary fixes but this morning you want to fix your eyes afresh on Jesus you realize you've been distracted by some things and, and there's been some some you know, stuff in your life that has taken you away from the, the true path and you want to come back and you want to fix your eyes straight ahead. You want to hear the voice of the Lord behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. If you want that this morning, if you've been, all you've been able to see, you know, the word fear is false evidence appearing real. All you've been seeing is stuff right in front of you and you can't see the larger picture. You're not seeing eternity. But this morning, you're hearing the voice of the Lord inviting you to look further, to look deeper, to look in eternity and to see the light and momentary troubles achieving a glory that out, far outweighs them all. The Lord is speaking to you this morning. I want to invite you to come right now. Come as we sing and then we're going to pray a prayer of benediction for us all. But come. Come into his arms. Come see right now. If you just open your hands, please. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that your arms are open, that you welcome us home. Jesus said, if home is, well, he said to Chad, if home is where the heart is and Jesus is in our heart, then our home is in Jesus. Lord Jesus, we want to be home in you today. Come, Lord, do your work among your people this day. Thank you, God. Lord Jesus, just welcome you to continue your work among us, Lord, that we might truly fix our eyes on you and on the path and on eternity and the restoration that you invite us into. Lord, I pray for all who are here and all who will hear this word 
Jesus, we receive your word with gladness today and we say, yes, we want to come home to you. And now I pray that you might be filled with the immeasurable love of God the Father, the irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ the Son, the inexhaustible strength and power, hope, comfort of the Holy Spirit be with you and yours as you go from this house to yours, sent to make disciples of all nations. Go with the banner of His goodness and favor and grace upon your lives. And until we gather again, either in this house or in our eternal home, I bless you, people of God. I bless you in the name of the Lord. I bless you. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May the grace of the Lord be with you. Have a wonderful Mother's Day. If you bought flowers for mom, pick them up in the back, please. Don't forget to pick up your flowers for mom. There'll be some extra ones available for purchase to help our youth uh, ministry team to Guyana. God bless you. Tonight, 6 o'clock, saturate. God be with you. Have a wonderful day. Amen.